Welcome back to the new year and welcome back to Salesy. I am not going to sit here and explain what happened with podcast recording and why there was a little bit of a break. All you need to know is that allergic reactions and I do not mix. So today's episode, we're actually going to talk about offer problems that I see in tandem with the training that I've been doing inside of the Salesy membership around offers, pricing, ideal client, and niche to kick off the new year. Because a lot of people build offers, but the way offer creation has been taught may leave you feeling stuck, overwhelmed, feeling like you need to change your offer every two seconds so that you can sign clients and probably not in the place that you want to be. So if you haven't, go ahead, grab your beverage, and let's dive into it. So there are two things that I see that go vastly wrong with offers, and one of them is being kind of a kitchen sink, offering everything as a way to really just get a low price that doesn't create overwhelm, but is supposed to help them. And the other one that I see is a la carte and not in a good way. This is not a restaurant. You do not take a pick and choose. And where a lot of people go wrong with these custom packages is that unfortunately they don't understand that too much custom is gonna make it harder, not easier for them. Let's talk about the kitchen sink and actually talk about educational psychology around this so that you can understand it. Stephen Covey said it best when he said, begin with the end in mind. And when you're thinking about your offer, I want you to think about a solution that your ideal client has. Now, when it comes to transformation, we have a beginner, an intermediate, and an advanced transformation. But what a lot of people are doing is trying to sell the advanced transformation and the program is taking them through the beginner and the intermediate one. What is happening is that you're overwhelming your client and your client may not be ready to commit to something that is a year, two years, or a three-year process. It's been an interesting kind of juxtaposition inside the online space where it is these very short micro programs. It's six weeks, lots of calls, lots of videos, or on the other hand, it is going to be 12 months, 18 months, some really long timelines, and there's not really an explanation around the timeline and why. If you are a coach, stop shoving everything in there under the sun and start breaking it up. And if you are someone who wants to have kind of a framework, you could have this overarching framework. You could have beginner, intermediate, and advanced so that they're going through it and there is a longer customer lifetime, but they're not stuck making that commitment up front. When it comes to coaching and it comes to building an offer, what I tell a lot of my coaching clients is one, beginning with the end in mind. If you're ever in a program with me, you will probably leave saying that because you want to begin with the end in mind. The second thing is, is thinking about what is the least amount of steps that someone needs to do to get to the place where they need to be. And then instead of adding more steps, doubling the time, because things that people get hung up on are not going to be the same thing that you get hung up on. Ideal client is a really good example of that. When I was crafting Scaled to 5K way back when, when it was a one-on-one program, more people got hung up on this ideal client thing and how to craft an ideal client and what does that look like and those types of things than I did. And so what I thought would be just a weak task, which would be quick in and out, which now we teach ideal client very differently so that you can have that instant transformation. It could take my clients so much longer to get there because they weren't sure they wanted to pick someone who's best, who can pay their prices and those types of things. The other problem is if you're a service provider is trying to provide agency style, but you aren't actually an agency and you don't like doing these things. The catch-all of being a VA it kind of bleeds into this idea that being a generalist is better, better than a specialist. And while being a generalist means you can pull a lot of information from these places, some of y'all are doing services out there that A, you can't afford to 
outsource to somebody else to bring in someone to, you know, subcontract to or whitelist to or, or white label to. And B, you don't enjoy doing it, but you're offering it because it's money. And I understand being in a place where you can't really turn down money. You can't say like, oh no, like I, I truly need this money. This is food on the table for my family. This is being able to pay my car. It's all these things. The other part of this that I don't think is getting talked about though is that with your marketing and your sales, you should be able to sign clients through the offers that you want to offer, through the services that you want to do. And when you're not signing clients, most of the time it's not the offer, but it can be a relationship with your offer, your marketing, your sales, and then you as the business owner as well. On the other side of this, we have the rise of a la carte, custom packages, choose your own adventures. And the thing is, is that most of the time with coaching, your ideal client is not an expert in what they want and they have an end goal in mind. But what they're doing is paying you to go through this transformation and to take them through this transformation. And the problem that I see with a lot of people is that you're letting your client pick and they're ending up in containers that they shouldn't be in where you're creating containers for them that they're not ready for. And the problem is, is that you're not being an expert because you don't want to be seen as sleazy, pushy, icky, gross, or any of those things. And I get it. I get the the really big aversion to sales that I've seen inside the online space is really pushed by some of these narratives that we have inside the online space where it is, you know, sales is sleazy, it's icky, it's gross, you don't want to be pushy. And now there's like this extra layer of don't want to do sales calls, don't want to follow up. I want my clients to be quote unquote self-led. And the thing about being self-led is one, it's the assumption that the client knows everything that's best for them. And if they knew everything, why would they pay you? You know, if they had all the expertise and it just came down to an accountability issue, just paying to be an accountability is kind of silly if you ask me, because while external accountability is really cool and it can be helpful, a lot of times accountability is an internal conflict with yourself, right? And so these non-experts who are required to know everything, to do all these research, come to a conclusion to this custom package that may not be the best for them. The other thing is, is when you know adult learners, you know they like to pick and choose. And so while you may be a social media manager and you know how powerful outbound engagement is, this adult learner, this customer has come to the conclusion that outbound engagement doesn't align with their brand because they don't enjoy doing it and so they're gonna leave it out of the package. It also is undermining your strategy and as an expert, your strategy is really important. There has been so much talk about mindset in 2023 that strategy kind of got pushed to the side. And one of these hills that I will truly die on is that powerful strategy that's executed with a powerful mindset is going to get you so much further than just strategy alone or just mindset alone. The problem that I see with so many people, though, is that the powerful strategy gets excluded because you don't want to make a commitment over 90 days to work on something or you're letting your clients run the show and that's not really why you got into business you know a lot of us have stories about these overbearing bosses or these work situations that aren't good like I saw a thread yesterday that was like when did you know you should quit your job but you didn't anyways and one of mine was like when I worked from Thanksgiving to Valentine's Day with no days off except for when I had the stomach flu and when one of my friends died and the interesting thing about these like conversations and about these situations is that a lot of people aren't willing to have those boundaries and to say that this piece 
is important and you do need to include this in your strategy whether or not it aligns with you because this is a principle of marketing it's a principle of operations it's a principle of sales and to be honest this happens also in coaching I've had a lot of conversations lately where people will say like I don't like doing something so I'm not going to do that or I assume that all my clients are smart and when they're ready they'll come to me and the data is clearly saying different. The principles are clearly saying different. And so these pick and choose custom packages also makes it hard for you to project predictable income because you don't know what they're gonna pick. You don't know how much it's gonna be. And then you're kind of left with this like weird, oh, I need to fill like 1950 or 1825, so $1,825. And I don't actually know how to get that package in because I haven't had a standardized package. It also fucks with your work hours. It fucks with your work-life balance. I am not somebody who supports custom packages anymore. And y'all can come for me, but it is definitely a problem that I see. Inside of these, I see a lot of undercharging, afraid to raise your prices, and honestly doing too much for the number that you're getting because you feel like the market has changed, that sales has changed, that all these things have changed. And in reality, how you feel about your offer is gonna be directly reflected to how you sell your offer. And if you have these feelings that nobody's buying, the market's changing, no one wants high ticket, all they want is this, you're gonna show up with that same energy. You are going to show up with that energy that people don't wanna buy high tickets, so you have to offer low ticket. And low ticket is a really good opportunity to create supplemental income. Something we've been talking about internally is creating seven streams of revenue inside of our business for creating sustainable reoccurring million dollar years and to scale off of that. But when I talk about low ticket internally with the team, I'm not talking about completely getting rid of it. And there is still price increases that are happening. You know, we are actually raising the price of scale to 5K, which I haven't in the last two years based on the value and the transformations that's happening inside of it. And with pricing, there is a strategic way to do pricing, but a lot of people are just picking numbers and you may be the same way where you're just picking a random number and you're like, okay, this number is gotta be my pricing and this makes sense and I have to sign X amount of clients to get to that 5K month or that 10K month, but I want you to be realistic about audience size and how often you're willing to show up and promote and if you're going through launch cycles or not, or if this is gonna take a lot of time, then you need to take on less clients so that you can still maintain your white space and still have your CEO days and you know, not be working every night and weekend under the sun because I see this also with a lot of people where you're overworking to kind of overcompensate this low ticket price that you've created versus just increasing your pricing. Something that's huge inside of offers and I think we just need a refresh for the new year is boundaries altogether, right? Boundaries are not for them, they are for you. And there is so much conversation around burnout and when I experienced burnout, it's because of my lack of boundaries, my lack of boundaries around social media, my lack of boundaries with client time, um, even team boundaries. If you're starting to hire, if you're someone who's maybe beyond 5K and you're starting to hire, letting your team know like, hey, I want my decisions in by five o'clock every day, my time and anything that's past five o'clock is not urgent and it will go through tomorrow. Or having a system and structure in place where we just brought in another way to do feedback internally and how inside these offers, the goal is transformation. Inside your team, if you're giving a client deliverable, the goal is transformation, but you can't give a transformation if you're burnt out, if you're overworked, if you're constantly thinking about work all the time, if you're always answering Boxer or Slack or all these other things. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle is like having an offer, having boundaries around that offer, 
you know, and also thinking about the client experience. Another example that actually comes to mind is that we don't use Slack anymore for scale to 5k because we don't do one-on-one private messaging, right? And that's a boundary that I put in place with a lot of people. And I was a little wavering on the boundary earlier this year because I was like, you know, earlier this year, it's only 16 days into the year. And I'm like, yeah, earlier this year, but it feels like it's been a lifetime already with so much that we're working on. But it was kind of like, oh, should I give them an opportunity to engage with me so that they can ask questions if they feel uncomfortable? And I had to come back to the actual offer and the experience inside the offer. You know, Scale to 5K is not a mastermind. It is not designed to have that one-on-one touch because a lot of people don't actually need it. You know, the biggest engagement problem we were seeing that we have now fixed is that people just need to be asked questions. You know, they just need to engage with other people and encourage them. And that's something that you are constantly coming back to as you're refining your offer. But the other side of this is that offers are just offers. They don't need to be super exciting. You know, they're kind of like pencils. All pencils are pretty much the same. It's the different brands. It's the different hype. It's the different things. And that's where if you're someone who you're constantly changing your offer and not seeing results, then it's probably going to be a marketing and sales problem and you're just not ready to have that conversation, but we're going to have that conversation anyways. So the first part of this is the actual marketing of the offer. I am going to not literally blow out my brains, but I will gouge out my eyes if I see one more just set of story slides for your offer and you never come on and talk about it. I will literally put a burning hot coal in my mouth if you talk about the modules, but not how it relates to it. Because again, there are four buyer types and the four buyer types buy for very specific reasons. And there are five stages of buying. If you are someone who is not familiar with buyer types, we have an episode all about it. We have a training all about it. I'm not going to dive super deep into it. And we also have a training coming about the five stages of buying. But the thing is, is that there's not a lot of nurture happening on your feed. It is all sales all the time. And that the other part is, is that it's not the offer. People get so hung up in the fact that it's the offer and that the offer should sell itself and it should be irresistible and it should be magical and it should be Disney World and unicorns and all these things. And that's not actually the case. That is not the case. The case is, and the fact of the matter is that there is a way more that goes into your marketing and your sales than you realize. And that's why the majority of my programs focus on marketing and sales and not offer creation. Offer creation doesn't need to be revolutionary. It doesn't need to be magical and unicorn. So quick rundown, more nurture on your feeds, reels, carousels, whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever the algorithm is prioritizing, fuck your service guides, Fuck your email opt-ins to get those service guides because it's a waste of fucking time because at an info gathering stage, I'm not ready to give my email. And if you are someone who is putting a service guide behind an email and you are also someone who is teaching that, fuck that whole system because it doesn't work. It's not rooted in psychology and you're trying to get an email to try to run a sales funnel to avoid selling because you think you should be BTS and you should never have to sell. And if you don't want to sell, don't be a business owner. Because that is 99% of your job. You are either going to be selling new concepts to your team. If you outsource your marketing and your sales, you're going to be selling your clients on concepts. Fuck that whole thing. Focus on why now. What is the urgency? What is the internal urgency of the change that is happening? And stop underplaying your expertise. 
there's a lot of expertise out there. There are a lot of really smart people in the online space, but because you don't have 8 million years of experience, you're just like, ooh, I'm going to downplay it. One of my clients, which you're probably listening to this, I wanted to like laugh on our on our call the other day because she literally worked at the Google, the Goog, Google, and never mentioned it to me and I've known her for two years, right? Like, this, this experience that you have is really important. The other side of it is selling the offer. Front-facing selling is not enough, and if you are someone who is struggling to sell and just creating more and more content, I encourage you to get in your DMs. There is something really powerful about person-to-person sales. Now, I'll admit that some people are a little guarded because we have a lot of cold pitching, and that is why you have permission-based sales. Don't go in and ask them a million questions ask them permission and kind of figure out, is this person actually a good fit for it? And figuring out, are you doing sales calls? Are you doing DMs? Are you doing objections? I can make a whole another episode, which I probably will, about just the mistakes that I'm seeing inside the online space and how to fix them. But something I will tell you and I will leave you with, because we like to keep these episodes short and snippy, is that the average consumer needs to see something 42 times before they buy. So if you are not, if you are not talking about your offer 42 times and then questioning your strategy, that's where you need to start. Listen, here's the deal. If you're someone who is struggling with this and you want to figure out what your next best option is, just send me a DM. It's the new year. It's investment time. Maybe it's not the new year because you're listening to this because podcasts are forever. But the truth is, is that it's not always the offer and it can be the marketing and the sales or it's the marketing, the sales and the offers fine. The thing is, is that the same way a doctor doesn't self-diagnose themselves, you shouldn't be doing the same thing in your business and it's time to get help. So I'll see you on the next episode of Salesy and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.